Duchess with the really nice hair and a penchant for 90s style and kicking ass and taking names when names are worthwhile and knowing how to fight like girls in this patriarchal demon infested world they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones charmed a spell cast okay i'll try to hold the the phone mic closer to my face there we go all right um, I'll, I'll give a brief introduction of what's happening to our listeners. So Shayna's in California right now because she is studying for the big baddie, the, the one true pathway, the, pass, the test she has to pass to make it out of here alive. Um, yes, indeed. The she... master's <laughs> comprehensive exam. Mm, yes, that's the name, I suppose, but it isn't quite give you the full weight of it um (laughs) anyway she's there for a couple of weeks uh and i am still in new york i am actually in my room right now sweltering because it there is like some kind of summer thunderstorm happening and there was like a flood warning earlier when i was on the subway and everyone's phones was like doing that beeping uh, alarm noise because everyone was getting the alert and um my AC has to be off so that it's not making too much noise while I record, which means I'm sweltering. Oh my god, the dedication to the craft. I know, I know. I'm not going to let no AC uh, r- rattling get in the way of our, of our thematic concepts and our Indeed. insightful thoughts. We weather every storm. <laughs> oh, it's a good, yeah. Um, okay, should we start with some manner keeping? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Okay. How about how about we start with you? How are you feeling? What's been new? What's been good? Um, okay. So, there's not a whole lot that I have to say right now um in terms of my personal life because I'm just in California. I'm taking my exam and then I'm going to go to Los Angeles um for a little bit and uh see people and basically this is my vacation nice a much deserved one what a much deserved one oh thank you yes a much a much deserved vacation oh it's so hard to be me um (laughs) it's yeah i'm i'm happy to be on the west coast for a bit it is not sweltering here it is a dry heat and i like that much better um in terms of the world manner keeping uh Mm -hmm. things have been a bit frustrating um to put it lightly as of late and i have not really been able to process exactly what's happening um especially because i'm locked within the confines of academia right now which is a very very tall ivory tower Um, and truly I just hope that I will find a way out of there and be able to affect positive change that is not just writing essays. Um, I think you've already demonstrated that you have the capacity and the 
and the ability well that's the same word but i think you've already demonstrated <laughs> that you have the capacity and the track record for for making advocacy work rel like relevant and um impactful oh thank you i appreciate that yeah. um i would like to get back to it because i don't feel as though i'm doing enough right now so right. hopefully that will happen and as soon as this exam is done that i'm going to pretend i will be ready to solve all the world's ills <laughs> i i think that uh sometimes you need to solve one thing so that you can prepare yourself to solve other things so i think yes. of this as one step towards you i don't think you're taking a break from continuing to fight i think this is one way of fighting oh thank you well it's very nice of you yeah, that's all I have in terms of manner keeping. All right, so then I will go with my manner keeping. Also, really not much to report on. Um, I have started the training program for my work, and that meant that I met a lot of new people on Monday because that's when all of the new hires started. And it has been a little bit overwhelming. It's going to be a pretty long, pretty intense program. Um, it's gonna, It's about three weeks, and there's like... 20-something of us all crammed into one boardroom together, uh, like nine hours a day. Um, and then it gets a little more intense because then they separate us out into our uh, um, position types. And so that'll be like me and 12 other people. Uh, so it's a lot, but I am, I am approaching it with as much excitement as I can muster. Admirable, truly. Thank you. Okay, so I talked to Shayna ahead of time and I kind of wanted to do something a little bit different for this episode because I've been listening to a lot of Pop Culture Happy Hour, which is a podcast from NPR and they kind of do a, uh, like, uh, I think it's a semi-weekly, like they, they do it twice a week where they have a review of some piece of pop culture, like a book or a movie or a television show, and then they do a second episode about another piece of pop culture, and then they like wrap it up with what's making them happy that week. And I was really, I've been like super into it um, recently, so I kind of wanted to try emulating their style a bit and making this podcast podcast episode less of a review episode and more, or less of a recap episode and more of a review episode. Um, and that should mean that it's a little bit shorter. It should mean that we have a little bit more structure to it in that we have like, um, in that we're not just like following the plot and then trying to think of something with each second of the plot. So hopefully this will be like a fun experiment. Woohoo. Okay. Okay. So um, we should probably start by bringing back something that we've lost over the podcast life cycle uh age of the podcast but we used to have three overarching plot lines that we would um, talk about at the very beginning of the episode and we would talk about these three overarching plot lines through the three different perspectives of the charmed ones and we've lost that because we have gotten so excited about other stuff but we should try we should try to do it this time because we we should probably talk about what the episode's about before we just jump into a review of it without any other context um, yes i agree Okay, so let's talk about season one, episode uh, 18 
of Charmed when bad warlocks go good. Yes. Um, okay, so this is a just a little thing before we do it. IMDb and Netflix list the titles as two different things. Uh, okay. What does that um, mean? <laughs> so, Netflix says when bad warlocks go good. And IMDb says when bad warlocks turn good. Interesting. Um, so, I believe Netflix is correct in this case. Uh, internet... Inter in internet internet movie database is not always completely correct. It's I mean it's just input by people. Um, mm -hmm. So I just thought that was funny. It aired on April twenty eighth, nineteen ninety nine. It was written by Edith Swenson and it was directed by Kevin Inch. Awesome. Kevin okay. Inch, so Mr. Inch. Our our three tracks. Mm hmm. Um, so I, it's really just yes. two. Yes. Well, I think there are three kinds of conflicts, but it doesn't really involve all three sisters. Okay, go ahead. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, okay, so the main conflict is Prue's conflict. So this is her storyline. And she's kind of, it's not really her own problem, but she is the most involved in it. So there is a, uh, there is a warlock who is part of a prophecy similar to the Charmed Ones, where his family creates three warlocks, and if they all join together and, I don't know, uh, uh, pledge their powers or whatever, they'll become the three strongest warlocks in existence, and they're called the Roe Coven. Um, and his main problem is that he doesn't want to be a warlock. He wants to be a good guy. So he has to kind of struggle with his brothers who are trying to initiate him. And Prue is the main person, the main sister, who is trying to help him along his journey. And um, she succeeds. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. How, however so did you know she would succeed? Yeah, and and we kind of get like most of the um, most of the like setup like within the first scene while they're at a church. But basically, an initiation into warlockdom means that you have to kill an innocent. But if you become ordained, that is to become a priest, then you are safe and you can never become a warlock. Uh, but his brothers of so Brendan is the guy who is a warlock who wants to be a good warlock or a good person. Um, his brothers say that if he doesn't turn, then they're going to have to kill him. Uh-oh, what do you do about that? Guess you gotta <laughs> become a priest, specifically in the Catholic faith. Yeah. Yes. There, there's, only, there's only one um, way to really prove that you're good, and it's by joining the Catholic Church. And taking the sacraments. Yep. And that's it. Um, I, yeah, yes. I, and then... Mm -hmm. So the other storyline that, that happens here is that Phoebe is trying to get Piper to go out and date this guy, Josh. Um, mostly because Phoebe is worried about Piper not having enough fun and that she's wanting to become a shut-in and keeps talking about how nice it would be to be a nun. <laughs> um, so Phoebe is worried, and so she's pushing Josh, who was the 
professor, like assistant professor guy, um, on to Piper, which Piper does not appreciate until suddenly she agrees to go on a date and they share the look, um, which <laughs> Piper takes to mean that they have this chemistry and so maybe she will try to date this person. Yeah. And by the end of the episode, she does seem like she is willing to put in, she's willing to throw her hat in the ring and like take the leap of faith. She calls, I forgot his name. What is the person's name? Josh. Josh. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I thought that is how much. Whatever name. Uh, I, I'm really not invested in their relationship at all because at all it, to me zero <laughs> zero invested zero investment all of my stocks are in other companies and yes. uh, men and primarily <laughs> my main stock is just Piper yeah there you go I place all of my bets on Piper yeah uh, she deserves better than some uh, chiseled blue-eyed blonde with a penchant for rock climbing and just this weird kind of stiff kind of aggressive nature <laughs> yeah i i actually looked up the actor i think he was like nominated as hottest soap opera uh actor in like the 90s or something like that Ugh. yeah he's it's just a cardboard cutout arian <laughs> yeah okay well anyway so by the end of the yeah. episode she decides that she is willing to try dating because like her whole thing is that she feels like she's always chosen the wrong person to date and it's kind of like bitten her in the butt and she doesn't want to like try anymore um mm. and even though she does like him supposedly uh she is resistant, but by the end of the episode, she decides to give it at least a shot, and she invites him to the restaurant, and they talk. Exactly. And oh. the third conflict, which is not Phoebe's, actually, is... Actually, I don't know if we agree on the third conflict, but I think it is Andy Trudeau. I was... Yep, we are in alignment, exactly. Excellent. Yeah. So, we continue... On this quest in which Andy is figuring out what on earth is going on with Prue and why she keeps coming up in every single crime in San Francisco. Yes. And, so uh, apparently, yeah. oh, yeah, apparently, unbeknownst to the audience prior to this episode, Trudeau has a very close relationship with the, uh, the priest that Brendan Rowe is also trying to, is like the apprentice of or something like that. And he's yeah. like, very, very moved that this priest was attacked. Um, and In so order to he... get to Brendan. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so a, a multitude of bad things happen, courtesy of the Roe Coven, or I guess the Roe Two-Thirds Coven, because they're trying to get Brendan to turn or to go, go back. The Roe Cove. The Roe Cove. Roe Cove. The They're Roku. Yeah. The Ro the Roku. Ah, yes. Yes. They streamline yes. television enjoyment. Yes. Okay. So let's just kind of kick off with our initial impressions. What do we think about the episode? What was our temperature reading of it? Yes indeed. Um, okay, I'm gonna go first. 
I did not really like this episode. Ah! Um, I, I thought it was a very basic kind of premise, and I thought that there was too much time spent on having to force the Charmed Ones into being interested in these men that they either just met or had a very superficial relationship with, and even Phoebe pushing Piper into having this relationship just seemed like this guy didn't deserve it at all. So that was frustrating. Um, and then the plot itself, I thought, could have been done so much better because the potential for, like, the evil charmed ones is so exciting. I would love to see a matchup that is more worthy of the charmed ones, I thought. So, hmm. overall, meh. Um, but it did bring up some things that I, I like thinking about in media, uh, specifically when we're looking at religion. So, yes. Mm. Okay. That's a good... We'll, we'll circle back to that. I'll give my quick take, uh, my new hot take. Um, I yes. didn't feel as strongly about this episode. Like, I didn't dislike it. Um, I wouldn't say that I liked it a lot because it did, like you say, feel kind of bland. I guess I was pretty impressed about the concept of having warlocks that we were invested in as characters other than bad guys. So I was like, mm. I was kind of intrigued by that whole arc. Um, uh, and I was also kind of intrigued by the fact that everyone looked like they were the guys on from the television show friends like in their <laughs> mannerisms and in their clothing and i was i was kind of hung up on that the entire episode oh, that's really funny <laughs> you're right you're totally right i couldn't place what i thought of these actors but they definitely do look like they were just like slightly alternate versions of ross yes that's exactly it i was like so the the brothers names are the most generic names you can have it was greg and paul and i don't remember which one was greg and which one was paul but one of them looked very much like ross and i was greg. i was greg like did. greg okay all right every time he talked i had no idea what he was saying i was just like looking at his face being like how do you look so much like ross <laughs> um i think my favorite part about the brothers, um, aside from the younger brother, who I thought actually was a more interesting character. Um, I mean, the like the middle brother. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Who yeah. he he did seem to have conflicting feelings, and he didn't really care if they got Brendan to join the coven or not. He was like, you know what? We have our powers. Why do we have to force him into something he doesn't want to do? Also, I've got this chameleon here, and I just like staring at it. Um, <laughs> I totally forgot about that. He was just like, wow, look at those reflexes. Yeah, that was really cute. I was like, okay, if I was going to choose one of the people to identify with this episode, it would be him. Um, they do also, kind of... Like, hmm. Oh, I was just going to say, also, he, he sacrificed himself. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We should talk about the villain death before we close out our podcast episode. Absolutely. We will do that. <laughs> okay. Um, let's go back to that topic about religion. What were your... Oh, sure. Yeah, what were your, uh, like, reactions to it? Yeah, um, okay. I would like to say that, but um, I would also like to mention... Oh, shoot. 
I can't find it. I'll do it later. Okay, you know what? I'll talk about religion first. Everybody's favorite topic, religion. Um, okay, so the only way to be rid of your warlock self, to be rid of like your basest desires and all temptation to kill and to be evil and to renounce your, your family line, your bloodlust, is to become a Catholic church. Uh, uh, sorry, <laughs> to become a Catholic priest, to become You ordained. must become the Catholic Church. You must become the Catholic Church. Isn't that the <laughs> way it works, though? You, like, become part of the, the Vatican, part of the body of the Vatican. Oh, I do not have enough knowledge to know about that. Yes, you become a part of the building. You are a brick. <laughs> Um, yes, not only do you eat the body of Christ, but your body becomes the brick of the church. Yes, which is how they get you. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Mm. I was wondering this entire episode, I was like, is there any other way or any other consideration other than Catholicism to be rid of an evil? Because it seems as though that is the go-to for some reason, and yet everyone in Catholicism is always confessing their sins. Like, they're <laughs> constantly sinning. They're sinning all the time. They're trying to abstain from things, and they're failing, and so they have to go confess to the priest. And I, I just wonder who it was that decided that the way to be rid of warlock heritage is to become part of the Catholic Church because there are so many other options. Yeah, I I agree. I do think that it is kind of in line with the show though because I remember back to when they were first realizing their witch witchery heritage and Piper went to the church to try to understand whether she was good or evil. It seems like that is their the most resonant theme to them of what goodness and purity is. Right. No, that, it makes sense for the show. Um, but I, I feel like I'm diving more into the world of like what the show has created and thinking specifically mm. about these characters now. Why is it mm -hmm. that the characters turn to Catholicism rather than, uh, say, paganism? Because mm. if, if demons or sorry, if warlocks are mortal enemies of witches, of good witches, why does a warlock not then try to become a good witch? Yes. That's what I was really wondering. Well, what an interesting question to pose. Yeah. I... It, it seems... <laughs> just, yeah. just come with me on a journey now. It seems as though... A way to keep your powers, right, and to use mm -hmm. them for good would be to cross over directly to your sworn enemy. Mm-hmm. So that's, if I were a warlock, and I didn't want to be an evil warlock, I would go for paganism. <laughs> um... So I understand, like, why the writers on the show do this, because I think it's from a, an extremely, like, Eurocentric kind of vision. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that makes sense. It makes sense why 
Catholicism is so prominent. And growing up watching, you know, English-speaking movies, or English-language movies, I should say, one of the biggest symbols of this holiness and order is always church imagery, like Catholicism especially. It's imposing in its holiness, in its right. purity. So it, it does make sense why the writers of the show would go that way. I just right. I just still think that were I a warlock, I would not turn to Catholicism. Perhaps Judaism. <laughs> you make a very fair argument. I, I'm th- I'm my working theory is that the world of Wicca is still a supernatural force that hasn't quite been uh, integrated into humanity. And I think that there is a separation there that maybe if you want to be a non-warlock, you also want to distance yourself from. Hmm. So, like, more of, like, a a Switzerland kind of a situation? Yeah, you want to be totally neutral. I I also, uh, I think that the the symbolism and the mythology of Catholicism is uh, so... It sounds like in the show they're trying to put it together as, like, more mainstream i guess yeah and... no you're right it is it is more mainstream it is it's mainstream for like american television mm-hmm. for sure the, yeah and and not just like for the viewers themselves but like in this world that they're building within charmed to be a witch is still to be an outcast mm-hmm. definitely no that's that's very true and i actually I had a question related to that, another thought, um, and then I want I have like a final little cap for the religion thing, and I'll circle back to it. But okay, the the kind of question I had is, so there was a scene in which Brendan and Prue are walking, and they're discussing their respective heritage, their lineages, and Brendan mm-hmm. says that the reason he can choose to become an ordained priest is because his mother was a human. So he has a choice between the human world and the warlock world, and the only way to make that choice is Catholicism. But he's given that because of his human mother. Prue says (laughs) she had a human father. Mm -hmm. Now, this is what I wonder... This hasn't really been clear to me. Are witches not human? Yeah, which which is why which is why it's some kind it's it feels kind of maybe it makes more sense that he would want to be a priest rather than a witch because it's kind of exiting or throwing off what's what's the word um renouncing it's kind of renouncing this world of magic which i mean we can argue whether catholicism is about magic but uh yeah you make a good point like sorry (laughs) you make a great point though like are it is are witches something that you have to be 
like is that in your blood like your genetics like are you a different species or is it something that you can become a part of a practice with right because i i find it very interesting that the warlocks they've all they transform like their Mm -hmm. facial features transform their voices Mm -hmm. are you know given that modulation they (laughs) are specifically if i didn't know they were warlocks i would think they were demons they're given a makeover whereas whenever piper prue and phoebe and melinda uh use their powers there's no transformation of any sort it's an innate quality yeah i i actually okay here's an idea witches and warlocks are not necessarily not human but they are an evolved form of humans Mm-hmm. They're human plus. Human plus. Yeah, that's it. It's just such an interesting thing that they would be like an evolved form of human because I would think witches and warlocks came first, or like at the same time because they're always speaking of like these ancient kind of mythologies. Um, yeah but it's it's just it's an interesting thing that I don't think the show is entirely clear on especially for the charmed ones yeah I I also they act mm -hmm. like it oh sorry go ahead (laughs) yeah and because for all other intents and purposes they are human like they have jobs they grew up like going to school and like being sisters and I don't know having dreams and ambitions, which, I mean, you can have as a witch, but, like, it wasn't like they were born into a coven and then they went to witch school or something. Right. But but they were born witches. Right. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, it just seems to me that when they say human, they mean mortal. Yes. Which they are. With, yes. So... I still think that they are essentially human, but there's something extra. Maybe not, maybe not so much that they've evolved from humanity, but that they are humans, but with a little extra oomph. I think you're right. I think that makes the most sense, considering their mortality, considering their parentage. And it just makes me wonder, where do the Charmed Ones fit in with the rest of the witch community which we still don't get to see mm-hmm. I, I also think it's so interesting how much they like create a difference between humanity and between like the world of witches and warlocks because it kind of reminds me of in good omens where it was uh aziraphale the angel and crowley the demon they have to like do their job and influence humans to go good or bad but in reality they just kind of like took a back seat and let humans do what they wanted because humans were already good or bad or you know Mm -hmm. along that kind of um dimension like they weren't they they were just doing human things it wasn't like they were evil innately or good innately right yeah yeah oh is that your show recommendation of the the pod maybe i've i've talked about it twice now and i i do really enjoy yeah. it i've also i'm a big fan of um 
Michael Sheen because there is an episode of The Great British Bake Off where it's like celebrities only and he is so bad at baking but he's like (laughs) so but in like a very like British way you know like he's like stiff upper lip chaps we gotta get this baking done like look what's in that oven um he's he's so silly anyway uh okay did you have a final cap on this religion topic because i wanted to go to my topic and then you had a second topic i think yes okay this this is my cap on it um and it's it's a like a slight variation i suppose and this is my show recommendation of the pod okay so in fleabag which is phoebe waller bridge's incredible bbc and like amazon prime show um in the second season fleabag which is her character which never has she doesn't really ever have a name falls in love with a priest oh yes and he's really only known like twitter discourse wise etc as the hot priest (laughs) and the entire thing is like they can't pursue a relationship really because he's in a relationship with god which like makes sense that's that's priest stuff it's what you're supposed to do take a vow of chastity etc um he's a catholic priest and i was just thinking did phoebe waller bridge watch charmed and think i can do this so much better <laughs> in uh, 20 years interesting I've, um, I've also, so I've not seen Fleabag, but I've heard that the character of the hot priest is interesting because he might actually be just as um, flawed as any of the other characters, but they try to put on airs that because he's a priest, he isn't. Oh, he is absolutely as flawed as any of the other characters. He truly, truly is, perhaps more so in some ways, in terms of his responsibility, like, in terms of how he takes responsibility for his actions, um, Mm -hmm. and in terms of how he considers someone to be a temptation, which is a really interesting thing, because you get the scene, too, in, in this episode in Charmed, in which Brendan says how many temptations more must I endure? Mm. And at this point, he's talking about Prue as a temptation. Right. Where Prue is truly just trying to save him from becoming a warlock. She's not (laughs) trying to seduce him or anything like that. He just has feelings. And he considers her a temptation for that. (laughs) Yes. the, The human... Uh, instinct to procreate yes, has been indeed. activated. <laughs> um, it has been activated, I... <laughs> and so he puts it on a witch. <laughs> yes, it is. Female sexuality, once again, is the true evil here. Um, of course. I, I was also, just, this is just my last thought on, on this religion topic, but I'm remembering the show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, in which one of the main uh, romantic characters love interest i guess i should say josh he 
he <laughs> tries to run away from the altar and become a priest and he's like i finally found my calling and then he gets to the priest school and he's like oh this is really hard i don't want to <laughs> do it anymore <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah so i just the idea of like priests as well once you've done it you have sacrificed everything and you've achieved nirvana it's i love i love how there are these shows that are more modern who are kind of challenging that um common stereotype you know what should have happened brendan should have gone toward buddhism ah you know what i think he would have had a lot of affinity with that i think so because he's shown as like appreciating everything in nature and in the universe and like oh yeah 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 place and Hmm. Hmm. Missed opportunities. Missed opportunities. Not paganism, not Catholicism, Buddhism or Taoism. Let's see that. Yeah. He should have become like a philosopher. A philosopher. The next Plato. He just sits in a cave. (laughs) Just recede into your cave, your hermit cave. That's actually, you know, sometimes when things get overwhelming and I'm like, there's nothing left to do in this world except to hide in my little hermit cave. I feel like that's what he's doing. Yeah, except his hermit cave is um, very large and lofty and uh, there are there is uh, ominous angel music through the rafters and many candles and he wants to hear other people's sins. <laughs> Ah, a strange strange job description okay let's just go through my topic are the biggest Uh, gossips okay yes true um yeah let's go through my topic really quickly because i think it is not a topic that you found as as relevant so the thing that i hooked upon was the idea that we can overcome nature uh with nurture and those who are born innately or who are born into a family or a world where it says they're one thing can overcome that to become something that they believe they truly are yes um so you can give your quick rundown i know you did not quite see as much potential in this topic um, I say potential in the topic, but I think it was executed very, in a very basic kind of binary, and I would have liked to have seen more of it from that middle brother. Right, right. Yeah, and I think you make a great point. Like, they kind of put up this dichotomy of you can either be good or you can be evil. Um, and the fact that the little brother or the middle brother did exist, someone who was agreeing to be evil but who still wanted to not go and do the most evil thing he is probably i think most we would recognize him as most human mm-hmm. i would agree um and it's it's interesting how i think that there are like several interpreta- interpretations of what humanity is uh so either there is interpretation from catholicism where humans have the original sin and they are born bad but they must i i don't know anything about religion or catholicism i should say uh, they must like do stuff and then they'll be good um, and then there's the other idea which is that humans are good and it is it is 
it is humans that we defend because of such and such or whatever. Uh, and then the other idea, which I really like, um, which is that humans are neither innately one way. They are just doing things and some of them are bad. Or some of the things that they do are bad or at least harmful. And some of the things that they do are altruistic and helpful. Mm-hmm. Which is great. It's very agnostic. True. It's very like the tabula rasa. Like a blank slate. Blank slate yeah. is also like a kind of interesting concept because again, like if you didn't have nature or I guess like are you only influenced by nurture or is there some part of you that is like inherent that is immutable mm-hmm. it's a good question it is I think it is a good question and it's I mean it's something that's been debated for all of human history this is true so, so perhaps my frustration is that such a large topic was boiled down to you can only be good you can only or evil you choose and the best way to choose is to go toward catholicism (laughs) um maybe maybe that's my frustration (laughs) yeah and i i also i guess i didn't quite develop my thoughts on this but i think when i initially saw the episode i was kind of excited because i was like oh they're introducing the world of warlocks now in a way that makes us see them as more than just a two-dimensional uh character like set of characters and i think you're right Mm. it didn't really go do that idea any sort of justice um and i think that when we I, I guess when we see these characters, it introduces the idea, like, can you choose to be a warlock? Which is mm-hmm. something that you said earlier that I, like, wanted to expound upon because that was, I think, my that is where my interest comes from with this one idea that was in this one plot point that was introduced in the show. Like, can you choose to become a warlock? Can you choose to be evil? And if you are evil can you choose to be or i guess if like you are born with certain powers can you choose i now that i think about it they did kind of set up that idea with um phoebe because she was born on the nexus or whatever it was and she could choose to be either good or evil Mm -hmm. anyway the idea of choice either way Mm -hmm. she could be bisexual um (laughs) anyway Oh, I that's why I don't like this episode or this idea. Easy. I should have <laughs> thought of it before. You can only be straight or gay. Ah, yes. Yes. And you it's must very... choose. <laughs> yes. And it's also a choice only. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Actually, that, that's kind of a nuanced topic. Go on. No, it is. It, it's a, uh, That's the thing. It's a very nuanced, like, philosophical topic. And this episode only, like, brushed the surface. Yeah, the approach that they took was, in the end, kind of unfulfilling and a little bit disappointing. Yeah. But, but then again... F- yes? 
How much deep philosophical debate do I expect from this show? Some. I expect some. <laughs> I mean, this show has emotional touch points. And yeah. they kind of missed the boat with... This had the potential to be another one of those episodes. It did. It truly did have the potential... And I think there was a little too much going on elsewhere. And so they boiled it down to like the thinnest possible exploration. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think we're kind of in agreement over how they handled this, um, this like kernel of an idea. Do you want to talk about your last, uh, sure topic? My last topic is simply some of the stupid lines are <laughs> <laughs> not stupid lines. Some of the lines that I wrote down because they made me laugh. Um, okay. Let me, let me find them. Sorry. Oh, okay. Here's a line that really made me laugh. So Father Austin is like, he's, he's injured and he's lying on the floor and Brendan runs off and so Prue is kneeling by Father Austin and two nuns run in and they go, Dear God! <laughs> oh, I didn't I even catch that. Really That's funny. so good. There was a lot of that in this in this episode. I, I, I um, love it. Oh, God, another one? When Piper and Josh are rock climbing, which is a thing that happens, and it's a really uncomfortable scene, I thought, like, there's this, like... EDM kind of techno going on in the background. <laughs> um, so Piper loses her grip and she's well, she's like cabled and everything. She has the, the cable tied mm -hmm. and everything, but she falls and then Josh catches her and she goes, talk about falling for a guy. Oh god. I hate ah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really gross. Um, okay. Oh, um, when Piper is talking with Phoebe and they're at the, the table in the manor and she's talking about wanting to be a nun and Phoebe says, you want to be a nun? Godspeed. Oh, there was also a line where uh, Piper was very, she was like talking about all the pros of being a nun. She was like, you don't have to worry about men. You don't have to worry about uh your outfits and then Phoebe was like oh, you don't have to worry about outfits okay now I'm very concerned for you yeah <laughs> I actually like that one um and then there was one there's one more I'm trying to find it oh sorry I know I'm really down Oh, oh, oh. This is at the very beginning, in the first scene, when the brothers come in, um, and they're about, so they, they come back in as Brendan is praying, and they're clearly, like, going to attack him or intimidate him, and Brendan goes, you don't scare me, Greg. <laughs> uh, their names are so funny! Greg they're and Paul. So silly! Demon, oh, I mean, Warlock man. Brothers of the Ro of the Roke Oven. Oh, I'm so glad so, that you 
introduce this great acorn of levity into our episode. Of course, I am happy to. So yes, that's that's pretty much all I have aside from maybe Andy is finally figuring things out. Um, <laughs> and and I think Andy and Prue shared a look rather than Josh and Piper. So let's see what happens with them next episode. Oh, okay. I don't know if this is like alluding to anything, if I should be excited. Uh, before we give our closing statements, I kind of wanted to ask about the villain death. What what are uh, our yes. what are our ratings? Um Now the more and more I think about it, the more I just wanted to know more about the middle brother. I feel like his sacrifice meant something. Yeah. I I was and... drawn to him. Mm -hmm. Go on. Oh, oh. Yes. No, definitely drawn to him. I I think that the deaths were extremely anticlimactic <laughs> because the effects were not that pronounced. They were kind of, they were subdued almost. I even um, thought that the lack of pomp and circumstance gave the deaths kind of a comedic tone. Yeah, I agree. I really agree. I think they could have had far more gravitas. Yeah. Because he killed he killed his brother, or, like, his brothers killed each other. Yeah, you're right. Like, conceptually, that's a dark thought. But execution-wise... Execution-wise, he just threw a knife, and then the brother pulled out the knife and threw it back. Yep. That's it. Yeah. And they said, no damn you because they're being damned <laughs> to hell and they're in a church yeah and concerningly brendan uh, concerningly brendan the priest to be was like uh at post deaths uh prue was like oh brendan i'm sorry and brendan was like i'm not and i was like mm, you should feel a little bit sorry right you should feel very sorry you're a priest <laughs> like all life is sacred all life is sacred. Yes, exactly. Maybe he's not actually good. Dun dun dun. Maybe priests are dun, dun, also dun. human, like the rest of dun, us. Dun dun dun. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. Yeah. That's. Oh. Yep. Okay. I would uh, give I, it like a. Yep. A one. I give it a oh, one, damn. Jeremy. Yeah. Oh, harsh. Okay. Um. I mean, I honestly hadn't thought about it. Like, I was going to give probably a two out of five Jeremy's. But you know what? One feels right. One feels right because it was anticlimactic. And I know how I wanted it to do better. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. like, I'm not just neutral about this one. I think it was bad. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was definitely an unexpected death. Hmm. A bit, a bit unexpected. Not enough build up. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's the episode. Thank you for coming along on this journey with me and trying out this new uh, style. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what it sounds like. Oh, I hope it sounds okay. I'll have to do a bit of editing, I think. Um, yeah. All right, so... 
let's let's do my little uh spiel that i have uh about ice real quick and then yes. maybe we can talk about uh our final um thoughts and then just wrap up sounds good to me okay so uh stepping out of the episode for a second and back into the world that we live in um i just kind of wanted to recognize the the turmoil in recent days over ice and the customs and border patrol so trump has been threatening and has followed through somewhat on the threats of leading out a mass deportation campaign and doing a giant crackdown on um, undocumented peoples in the states. And I kind of wanted to just share some resources that I found and kind of maybe give a little bit of support through that. And I will remind everyone that I am not a lawyer. This is not legal advice. This is just stuff that I have researched. And you can find these um, resources yourself at the, um, let me see, that the Immigrant Defense Project was the main website that I took a lot of the, this information from. They have some very handy infographics, including a sheet to help guide note taking, because that can be important in the case of an ICE officer showing up at your door and possibly entering your home. Okay, so the, the first thing that I wanted to say is that if you're undocumented, you have rights. Uh, even if you are not a citizen, there are still there are still unalienable laws put down by the Constitution about what you deserve. And some of the things that you deserve are that you have the right to uh, be silent. You have the right to ask for a lawyer. You don't have to tell them where you came from. You don't have to sign anything. And if they come to your door and they say that uh, they are ICE, you should ask to see a warrant and you should make sure that that warrant was signed by a judge. It does not count if it was signed by some immigration official. Um, and if they approach you in the streets, you are always allowed to ask, am I free to go? If they say yes and that you are not under arrest, just say, I don't want to answer your questions and walk away. If they say no, again, exercise your right to silence and say that you want to speak to a lawyer. Oh, and you do, you do have the right to say that you do not consent to a search. Um, I also want to give a shout out to New York and say that if you're in New York, it was recently ruled that you cannot be arrested or kept in custody on the basis of an ICE request. So that is good news. Go New York. Uh, and then my last piece of um, my last thing that I want to say is for allies. Uh, and this is information that I got from the Americans Friends Service Committee. Uh, so if you are an ally and you want to kind of stand up for your fellow undocumented friends and family, one way you could do that is by telling the reps that you have in Congress to advocate for defunding ICE and the Customs Border Patrol. Another thing that you can do is share similar resources, maybe post them on your Instagram, put them on your other social media. Um, just talk to your family about like plans in case someone does get picked up by ICE, like how you have a contingency for that. And the third thing that you can do is join local efforts to provide support. So for instance, New York has this organization called the Hebrew Immigration, or Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society, and they've been doing stuff for refugees and asylum seekers and other immigrants since, I want to say the 20s, and I recently applied to volunteer of them. They only take volunteers four times a year, so I have to wait until September, but I put in my little volunteer profile, and 
um, hopefully I'll be able to hop on that come fall. And that's all I have to really say about this topic. Um, I care deeply. I stand with all my undocumented friends out there and abolish ICE. Yep, abolish ICE. So Bryce just gave you some really excellent actionable tips in terms of knowing your rights, making sure your friends know their rights, and being able to stand up to ICE's often unlawful searches and seizures. Now, something I wanted to talk about, especially for the people who are listening who consider themselves to be allies, not necessarily in the position that they would be affected directly by ICE, but really have to have this conversation with their more privileged, shall we say, families, especially those who were not always considered white. So I come, a, I come from a family like that, which is a Jewish family, and my own family was separated at Ellis Island. Two brothers were sent elsewhere. They were not allowed into the United States, and my great-grandfather was allowed into the United States. I bring this up because it's a way for you to talk to your families about this extremely devastating time to be coming to or to be in America as an immigrant of color and not necessarily from the quote-unquote desirable countries, according to our administration, to be an immigrant. So what I would suggest is that you start with this question in perhaps a family that's a little afraid to talk politics. Or if they are not afraid to talk politics, they're not necessarily on the side of seeing how disastrous these current policies are. Ask this. How did our family get here? Because everybody's family has a story. How did our family get here? Were we fleeing something? Were there dangerous circumstances if we stayed in the country or the place that we're from? And maybe, just maybe, you can use that question, curiosity about family history, to tie in these current debates and arguments and be able to bring somebody over to seeing this side, and perhaps even after enough conversation, to join in these actions with you. I know it can be very difficult not to feel like you should just be shouting at the top of your lungs at somebody who does not understand why it is so important that we respect everybody who is trying to flee their home countries and seek asylum here. But again... Maybe this is an easier way for you to talk about this with somebody who's a little bit scared to talk politics, or if they're not scared to talk politics, they don't see the inhumanity in what is currently happening. Uh, Final thoughts. Okay, final thoughts. My final thoughts is that there is a true evil, but that true evil is not necessarily a warlock or anything of demonic uh, leaning. I think a true evil is willful ignorance. And that that is something that is really difficult to break for other people. Um, And I also think that if a guy is relentlessly pursuing you, you don't have to feel any pressure to go out with that man. Yes, thank you for saying that uh, at the risk of 
harboring too much on our religious symbol like themes uh preach (laughs) yeah (laughs) i i will say that my favorite thing about the concept of humanity is that humans are nuanced and it's hard to pin down morality because it fluctuates and it is complex and I hate that we couldn't see and I love how it's embodied in the most unseemingly uh strong or not strong I love that that kind of idea of nuance being at the heart of humanity I love how it's embodied in characters like Piper and the middle brother because these are characters who you might not think of as the like lead characters or like the strongest people in a fight but they mean the most or they represent the most to me that's so good ah thanks oh that's so good whoa stop nice big fan of that big fan of you Bryce okay stop I'm a big fan of you I I wish you so much so much luck on your big old bad test I mean series of essays and I know that it's hard but when you get to the end of it you will have deserved it more than anyone else Thank you so much, Bryce. I wish you so much luck in your training at work. I know you're going to kick ass, even if right now it feels like you're back in high school. (laughs) You're getting paid for this. You can do it. Thank you. I'm getting paid by confronting cliques, which I should have would have been great in high school. Okay. Um... So we are Charmed Spellcast, as you might know by listening. You can find us at charmed spellcast you can also write to us charmed spellcast at gmail.com my name is shanna you can find me at bernadette teeters my name is bryce you can find me at your best bryce or at finish to foodstagram and thank you so much for listening for coming on this pop culture witching hour (laughs) and can't wait to do another one of these soon okay bye Bye. You've been listening to Earbud Media Production. Earbud Media, audio for everyone.